0: Alrighty, it is uh, Sunday, October 25th, 2015, and Film Cult is back in session after a month-long hiatus. We took a month off for Burning Man, Uh, half of us did anyway, but I think we've recovered now, and it's uh, nice to be back in the security of the compound with you guys. Uh, So we are paused here uh, at the Dimension Films logo, basically the instant that Films materializes completely on screen. We'll give you a second to uh, cue your own players up there. Okay, time's up. And what do you say? How are you feeling over there? I'm feeling good. Okay, let's uh, hit play at zero, I guess, counting from three. Three, two, one, zero. <sighs> so who the hell are you people?
1: Uh, I'm Michelle and uh yeah i don't have much more to say than that i'm just happy to be here
2: i'm the other michelle i'm the davis kind of michelle Mm. and and uh i don't i don't know what to say um perfect it's cool here it's i like this couch i like twizzlers (laughs) i do like twizzlers i ate like a whole bag of them last night just like your mother
3: and i am ron and i am looking forward to this movie
0: and I'm Willie, and I'm very, very looking forward to this, too. It's uh, a very, very appropriate Halloween movie. we were going to try to do Halloween uh, by this time this year. didn't quite happen, but next year. Don't worry. And
4: Anna. and I'm Dan up in Seattle. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Dan Gildark up in Seattle.
0: <laughs> Hi, Dan.
4: Hi. Here we go into the film. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: Starting off here with a um, 360 tracking shot. Um, Person I usually associate those with is Brian De Palma, um, particularly blowout. But I think uh, David Robert Mitchell does it quite a bit better. And it follows. Happens a few times in the movie, and it's always pretty wonderfully motivated.
4: And her red shoes are definitely a De Palma reference as well. Think so. So when they when they shot this, they used um, like you said, this is a, uh, a dolly tracking shot, and I think they used about fifty feet of dolly here. And this um, this shot took about half a day to set up and get right.
5: Yeah.
2: She must have hated those shoes at the end uh. of that. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> so that practical porch light's the only lighting that they used in the in the scene. That's awesome. So this is uh, David Robert Mitchell's second film. His first film was Myth of the American Sleepover in 2010. So this is his, just his sophomore effort.
0: Similar plot lines, right? It's like five so, teenagers in Detroit.
4: Yeah, I didn't see the other one. It sounds like there's a lot of overlap. I think he used a lot of the, the things that he used in this one as far as like a, a sense of timelessness and disorientation.
0: It does that really well, but... Yeah, for, for my money, I do think that It Follows has its heart, well, I mean, clearly, I think it has its heart rooted pretty firmly in the 80s. <coughs> and, like, the first time seeing it in the theater, even with all of the the computer devices and the cell phone here and stuff, I just, I never didn't think of it as being in the 80s.
4: Yeah, that's really interesting. And this is the only cell phone, I believe, we see in the film. So in some, in some ways, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it, this just being dislodged out of time in place from the rest of the movie if you feel like this is, you know, perhaps in the future of our narrative or, you know, before our narrative um, as we jump into the film.
1: It doesn't feel disjointed to me.
0: Oh, this is definitely before. This is the first thing that happens chronologically.
1: Oh, I, I thought you were talking about, um, 80s versus aughts.
4: Yeah, no, no. I was, I was versus talking about 70s. chronologically in the film. Oh, okay. if, look Looking back at this scene, uh, uh-huh and just the modernity of it with her phone and everything else, if you mm-hmm. feel it's the same way. So oh, that e-reader. That shocked, sorry. That shot's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Go ahead. So oh, the gross. e-reader
0: pops up so many <laughs> times in the movie. Uh-huh. <clears throat> that, yeah, it doesn't, um, that the cell phone doesn't feel out of place at all. But it's an odd reader. It is. It's right. with all these weird old but, TVs, and... By the time we got to
3: the end of the movie when I watched this, I, I had no idea how the first part fit in.
0: Yeah, I guess
4: that's my point, Ron. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is disjointed. I mean, that, that opening scene is the only mm-hmm. scene oh, actually, you know, in retrospect.
0: I, yeah, beg, I beg to differ. Yeah. it It's very important, that first scene. And it actually helps to explain a lot of uh, the things that Tarantino got wrong when he uh, talked about the film in Vulture magazine recently. I know Damon wanted to talk about that, but uh, he's having some connection issues. We miss you, brother. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, no, it's absolutely critical in setting up the rest of the film. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Never mind. I, my questions were temporal. I, I, that's all.
0: Um, oh, but, I, but I, I mean that, like, it definitely happened first, and that part is important. Okay. Am I still off base on what yeah. you're talking about?
4: No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what I wanted to know, what you guys thought. Um. So uh, so as of right now, when we're doing this commentary, so this is number uh, 14 on the Rotten Tomatoes top 100 horror films of all time. Mm. It's got a 96%. Wow. Wow fresh or like right ahead of freaks and it's um hit fix just did their top 100 horror did an extensive top horror, uh, 100 horror and it's 98 right now
0: how do you feel about the rotten tomatoes uh does that seem a little too soon for it to be number yeah oh, that, that,
4: yeah absolutely yeah definitely i mean their their whole list is a little too um you know weighted a little little too much towards contemporary things but i think I, i'm only bringing it up because i Um, my point i want to make by the end of the film is that i I do feel like this will be in the top hundred horror films for for decades personally i feel that way i don't know how you guys feel about it
0: i think it's great yeah me too there was there was a time about six months ago when i was thinking it's it's really good but it's no babadook and i might be changing my mind on that now Mm
1: -hmm. it's flawless well almost (laughs) um the aesthetic in this film really reminds me of virgin suicides and i really like that mm, yeah i've read so
4: that, in we'll a, that a couple reviews oh you other people thought that as well
2: oh That's i thought i had this original solitude idea separation <laughs> thing mm-hmm.
0: that was the first uh image we get of uh character jay in a body of water uh she's in the pool a couple times in the movie and I think obvious womb symbolism going on there. Um, there is room for debate about what uh, the creature actually represents, uh, what it is supposed to be. In my mind, it's still definitely um, an awareness of one's own mortality and a kind of existential dread.
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit more as we sure. go along. But um, talking about your your water theme, so you believe its uh, symbolism is <coughs> symbolism is more. Um, about the womb or about uh, unconsciousness or
0: Um, Innocence I guess
3: So in a reader is a shell right Yes Mm
2: -hmm. It's like a compact mirror Yeah
0: Yeah, this is um, this is Yara and she's probably the least sexually curious out of all these kids Um, She kind of dresses you know a little scantily but I think it's more for comfort then for looks, I think there's a couple of she sees a couple of guys checking her out. It's at points during the film, and either doesn't really notice or doesn't give a shit. But she's always got her nose buried in her clamshell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is what keeps her safe from it throughout the film.
4: I love these lights here. These uh, vagina lights, pretty good.
1: <laughs> oh my god! You great. guys, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't write um, the script.
1: Did you oh, notice that her. in the last scene, um, mom <clears throat> is in the scene, but she totally didn't notice that in the yeah. background, in the kitchen, silently doing whatever she's doing with a glass of wine, yeah, not interacting. I think that's cool because,
4: that's awesome. it, and that's her dad right there on the on the
1: mirror. Ah, uh, yeah, there yeah, you sure. go. That's important. But uh, yeah, it- the whole sort of sense that there are no adults present. Um, uh, it's really kind of neat watching it again and seeing that mom is indeed there. She's just not, um, an active character. Yeah. Well, she's physically present.
5: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, the girl at the beginning, um was uh, the person that Hugh here passed it on to. So he's actually enjoying himself on this date, I think. I think he does like Jay, and he thinks he's safe. Um, but as we will soon discover in the film, as we don't know yet, and it actually takes a couple of viewings, I think, to put together, um, it's come back for him. And not only has it come back, but it's leveled up a little bit. Um, this is where Tarantino was completely and totally wrong. He said that it follows, breaks its mythology left and right, um, that the creature doesn't really follow its rules of just walking. Um, but what happens is when you sleep with somebody else and pass it on, it kills that person and comes back to you. It comes back way more pissed off and uh, with a little more strategy. So it is allowed to break the, rock, the, the walking rule and just kind of stand in the back and stare at him. So Jay is hanging out in the womb pool, and Hugh wants to be five years old again.
4: So it's interesting. Her name's Jamie. So one theory was that she's named after uh, Jamie Lee Curtis.
5: Ah. And her
4: sister's Kelly, and that's Jamie. Lee. Jamie Lee Curtis has an older sister named Kelly.
1: So Willie, you were talking about how it is a fear of mortality, loss of innocence kinda mm. symbol. The has gotta of be yeah. is V
3: D too silly? No, oh,
1: no, no. I was thinking it's there's presenting gotta that be some as a venereal disease. Okay. there's gotta be some sexual shame mm. in there too. It's it's not just fear of mortality. There's something about sexual shame, I think. That's my theory.
0: And there's a lot of uh, really fun debate because of how ambiguous the the mythology really is. <clears throat> there are people asking, like, you know, well, what if you, do you have to, um, is it past seminally? Is it fluid-born? Uh, can you have sex with an animal and get rid of it? Inspiring lots of thoughtful questions all the Can you get world. it from oh. a blowjob?
4: <laughs> oh, it's interesting that they, the film that they're watching is um, Charade. Because um, Charade is actually about uh, hidden hidden identities. A guy who takes on, like, four different
5: oh. identities.
3: Oh,
0: yeah, fine, wow. fine film if you haven't seen it. And in the public domain, so it's a win-win for the filmmakers. Uh-huh. I have to see charade. I totally haven't seen it.
4: It's a really nice use of the... Uh, you know the two, three, five, oh, wide yeah. angle, and, and all these.
0: Yeah, this is uh, un- undoubtedly, unmistakably uh, a love letter to John Carpenter. These shots. I mean, the movie. About fifty percent of the movie is a love letter to John Carpenter, and the other fifty is probably Wes Craven. With a little George Romero thrown in there too, I think. But so
4: he's talking. So, um, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, uh, David Robert Mitchell was talking about some of his favorite films, and so maybe we can look for some of these influences as we watch. Uh, one was Creature from the Black Lagoon, Night of the Living Dead, um, Carpenter's Thing, and the original uh, Thing from Another World, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Paris, Texas was a huge
0: okay. influence. I definitely yeah, that was interesting
4: it. that he was saying um, the, the Thing was probably more of an influence than Halloween, but I don't Really
0: believe that? Thematically, maybe, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man.
3: I mean, in that opening shot, I wondered if they were on the street from Halloween <laughs> when I watched it. Wow.
4: Yeah. Well, definitely the birds So this is all very close to where uh, the filmmaker grew up. It's like about two two miles north of uh, Eight Mile.
0: This shot is totally Halloween. Look at that. Yeah, that's Annie, it's Linda, and Lori
2: hard to watch two teenage people walking through suburbia like that and not think like, of Halloween
4: I think another influence is definitely Blue Velvet too that opening shot you know the lawn uh, coming up to her on the pool definitely more realism you know it's not stylized but
0: mm. oh and there was Greg the uh, the Johnny Depp stand in for It Follows <laughs> I think he's the thing that definitely, um, I mean, to me, the two glaring, obvious influences are Halloween and Elm Street, and, uh, and Greg is, is a complete stand-in for Johnny Depp's character. No. Even down to the parent who says, you know, I don't want you hanging out with that girl anymore. And I think my theory currently on, uh, on the virus and how it's spread, I would imagine that it's probably spread emotionally or perhaps through eye contact since uh, so many of its symptoms are visual. Um, but I would, I would imagine that like somehow through the, like a, the emotional release of orgasm as opposed to the, the fluid release is how, is how it gets around.
1: You know, it only seems to infect straight people, too. (laughs) So, (laughs) queers, count your lucky stars.
4: It looks so guilty here. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, I guess, an abandoned uh, or derelict mental hospital behind them that they used. But that shot is very... Um, so the DP was Mike uh, Geolakis. I hope I'm saying his, ne- his name right. But a big influence um, that they used on their look was uh, the, the photography of Gregory Crutzen. Do you guys know him? It's He did that cover for uh, Yola Tango. Oh yes, the, when nothing turned its inside, you know, turned inside out or whatever the title is. But um, that shot there definitely reminded me of a Gregory Crutzen hmm. photograph.
3: It's interesting that you said he looked guilty. when I watched this the first
0: time? Of course, I just thought, you know, it wasn't very good sex. And-
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Another Halloween reference. That was some terrible sex at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> I think it was two minutes. Oh, man. So you could almost say she's got the beginnings of the virus right now, because now she's kind of like, oh, shit, I'm here, now what do we do? I'm a grown up.
1: So cowardly.
0: Yeah, how, how do you break the news to someone that you've given them a sexually transmitted poltergeist? Is there is a the right way. way to do it? I, this, I don't think this is the <laughs> way. I think Hallmark makes a card for that.
4: <laughs> what was that, Dan? Hallmark makes a card for that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
3: so for the ladies in the room, how would you prefer that to have been done to you?
2: <laughs> um, not at all. <laughs> i'm not dating on okcupid anymore right now so
3: <laughs> so i don't know i'm where the fuck did he get a wheelchair
4: it was in the trunk
2: mental hospital oh, oh okay. yeah there was a hospital okay.
4: hospital okay so um
2: why does he take you to the creepiest place ever to, to I just <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. detroit man it's, it's gonna all show creepy. up anywhere you know
4: so this, go to a, hotel. a different location this is actually a uh, packard an old packard plant
0: I think this is just what Detroit looks like in general, isn't it?
5: Pretty much.
4: So they use, um, so primarily in the film, they used a, an area Alexa. But for this scene, they used, this in the pool scenes, they used the Red Epic because it's a lighter camera. Hmm. So about 80% of the film was shot on an uh, 18, with an 18 millimeter lens, so it's super, super wide. And I think the human eye is close to, I looked it up and it said about 22 millimeters. This is super close to what the human eye sees, the aspect ratio. Mm. Or just the field vision, I, I suppose. So I love how the rules are just laid out. Yeah, here in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Some of them.
5: Well,
1: what he understands of it. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, a depressing amount of... Uh, People in the younger generations, I think, uh, are not frightened by the, the classic Romero zombie or, or Michael Myers. Uh, I think to a certain degree, the window has passed to appreciate how horrifying something walking after you can be. Um, but it's an archetype that's been with us pretty much since the mummy, I think. Mm. Um, something that, that can't get past walking speed, but cannot be stopped ever, uh, to me and maybe it's just because I'm old but is still as terrifying as it was when I was younger yeah you know
3: you're gonna have to stop sometime
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's the torment is just running and running and running and running or not running literally but just having yeah having to be on the move all the
5: time
0: yeah for me um, I mean there are all kinds of um, metaphors that Romero zombies can can be used as, most of them related to revolutions and civil rights and stuff. But um, at, at the most basic level, to me, a Romero zombie is uh, just your own mortality walking after you. Um, <clears throat> and that's why it's horrifying to me, and that is why running zombies will never really work for me. It just doesn't make any sense, and it takes away the fear factor. I mean, something running after you is scary, but Something that's walking after you because it's too rotted and atrophied to run is scarier.
4: <laughs> well, well, one seems more instinctual, right? That could be anything, like an animal running after you, but when it's slow, like you have time to think about your own mortality.
0: And it suggests a calculation on the part of the thing walking after you, too. Michael Myers, you know, that was... For me, what was so horrifying was just like, he seemed to have this idea that he would catch up to Lori eventually. Like he knew something that she didn't know and it could take his time. And I think it definitely Mm -hmm. feels the same way. And it follows so fucked up.
4: So I was reading and um, I'll I'll watch it through this time, but I was reading that uh, all the, all the it's that follow her are either nude or have, are wearing white.
1: Uh, Ah, yeah.
4: Which is interesting because, um, you know, in East Asia, white is, is element of, um, it represents death. Mm -hmm.
0: The, uh, the cards here have been misinterpreted by a couple of critics as, uh, being tarot cards. And I think they, um, thought that meant that Yara was some kind of psychic or seer or something like that. But they're actually playing an old game called Old Maid. Um, basically, you take one card out of the deck. Every card has a twin. Um, and the game goes around. People get rid of the cards when they get pairs. And the last person left with the odd card out is the Old Maid. There is an actual Old Maid card in there as well. But I don't think that has to be the one that you're stuck with at the end.
2: They focus on the Old Maid card right at the beginning. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the per- cards it's in the
0: center yeah
4: and it's perfect huh for the i mean metaphor for the film oh absolutely sticking someone else with the card
0: and it, um yeah it ties in i think to um the uh the archetype of mother maiden and crone which has been around since i think greek mythology and uh we see today in kind of modern day paganism and jungian psychology um represented by the uh, waxing, full, and waning moon. Um, basically youth, adulthood, and old age. Um, and we're watching Jay's transition, I think. Uh, well, she's a, obviously she's a maiden. She's not a mother yet. But uh, she's aware of the crone and that the crone is coming for her and there's nothing she can do about it.
1: Ah, oh, shit. That just sucks. <laughs> another parallel with old maid and I might be reaching a little here, but so
0: that's what we're here for
1: having sex, you know, with another person, there's kind of like a, you know, joining that happens. You're not alone, you know, in that, or you have the illusion of not being alone. Um, when you're intimate with someone, Not that that's what motivates everybody to have sex, but that's part of it. And what's more lonely than death? (laughs) You know? Um, There's just sort of that piece of the illusion being broken um, when it is passed on to somebody.
4: Man. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in part of my research for this. I came across um, Ernest Becker's Denial of Death, mm. which was a book written in the 70s that won a Pulitzer Prize. And his premise is that human civilization is, is built on an elaborate symbolic defense mechanism against the knowledge of our m- mortality. Mm. Mm. So everything, everything that we do is in response to, a, to our fear of death.
2: Mm. Do you think the X on her finger is because she's been marked? What the tattoo on her finger is about
4: yeah it's so interesting I'm curious if she has it in real life or it was if that is a
0: uh, yeah she has that and the the she has uh, Vinnie Vici on her wrist yeah but I'm not sure if those are hers or the characters
4: so the police here too so this gets back to a um, you know to the modern so tropes in the horror uh, modern horror films of you know, police and people in authority being ineffective. And that gets back to what the point you were making about the mother too, that they're pretty much in this on their own.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And that was at the heart of all the, the eighties slasher films as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Especially nightmare,
0: right? Nightmare and and Friday the 13th. So uh,
4: look at the man in the middle. So, we see him later on the right, the grandfather? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... How do you feel about jump scares, Willie?
0: Um, I like them in Halloween, and that's about it. No, I think they can be used effectively. Um, You know, I mean, on some level, they are too easy, so...
4: I feel this is a pretty effective moment, just because she's so vulnerable looking at her for private space (laughs) (laughs) yes that is very effective
3: (laughs) and we're set up for it because we're watching her look at herself (laughs) yeah so you know
4: definitely so the ball um, uh, have you guys read anything about the ball theory
5: no so the
4: ball is is representing it um, the it so we'll we'll see the ball um, throughout the film I'll, I'll show you when it pops up again So it's a sign that she's, you know, definitely being followed.
0: And this is, uh, of course, kind of a an archetypal scene at this point. It's in both Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street. Some bit of subtext being relayed while the protagonist is in school.
4: But it's pretty heavy, pretty heavy subtext, and it really pushed me towards a, um, you know, I think like Michelle, uh, really looking at the existential. Nature of the film. So this is uh, T.S. Eliot um, here, and this is the "Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock," and it's considered one of the great um, existential poems of the 20th century. It's the it's the one that has a famous line that he measures out his life in teaspoons.
1: Awesome.
4: So, and on the board there was um, see the, on the whiteboard it said uh, "simile, simile versus metaphor." Yes. Which was cool, and also the reading the reading assignment was uh, old man in the sea again, you know, the water reference and then an existential book and film,
0: and that is so goddamn scary, absolutely, <laughs> especially with that creepy music playing
5: <laughs> yeah, this
0: is um I'll find his name in a second, but he goes under the name of disaster piece and um He's primarily known as a video game composer. He did the music for a game called Fez. It's so good. Yeah. And that's how the
4: director, it's so good. That's how the director so found him, right? Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And here comes the crone. So is the creature a metaphor or a simile, Dan? What do you think?
4: Um, metaphor.
0: I think so. Too.
4: So we talk a little bit more about uh, existentialism and just kind of the rabbit hole I went down with with this film, um, kind of getting into it and in the you know the sense of disori- disorientation and confusion in the face of an apparently meaningless or absurd world. I want to let this play out first, it's just too awesome.
0: <laughs> it's it's hard to look away from.
4: Great casting too all, all throughout. Mm-hmm. These characters So at the base of the film, um, I was reading about existential angst and how that it's angst before nothing, and it sets it apart from fear because fear has an object. Hmm. Huh. So one can take measures to kind of combat fear, but our angst, our ex- existential angst, we, we don't really feel like we have control over. So I think it's a really important uh, aspect of the you know the amorphous nature of the it is that it really in a super effective way represents that angst that that we all have especially towards death
3: and also just well thinking about you know your own existence and what you're doing like kind of how you have to figure out what you're doing and you keep moving and that notion of having to keep moving to get away from something bad maybe plays into that
4: definitely and definitely marks kind of the transition from, you know, childhood to adulthood. I think we, we take that take that on.
0: And it's not just having sex that does it to you. It has to be with a specific person because she, she, she mentions later having slept with Greg in high school.
4: Yeah, super interesting. Just the whole portrayal of sex in the film. How how. Um, what what a non issue it is. I mean, mm-hmm. how they're not being punishing you know, specifically for having sex. Right? I mean, you don't feel that,
5: mm-hmm. or
4: that they're bad for having sex, which is a pretty big departure, right? From yeah, from these type of films.
1: And yet, that's that's what makes it follow them. <laughs> is they had sex? Right. Like they, it isn't it isn't like heavy handed on that being um, the. Um, theme of the movie that teens are being punished for having sex but literally <laughs> that is
4: <laughs> but, you know, but you're also but then you don't, you're re, it doesn't you have follow a retrieve, you. I have I'm sorry
1: it doesn't follow oh, then, you unless you had sex
4: right and then you give it away and then you get rid of it by having more sex so. that's true
1: that's true <laughs> <laughs> although you don't really get rid of it you just pass it on and that's true there's sort of a
0: and you know I mean much like the uh, well it, yeah I mean you can i think if when you pass it on you can pass it on but you're really just staving off the inevitable right and you can still see it
4: here's the ocean behind paul real quick i'm just gonna oh, point yeah. out all that oh, water cool things and i love that tv the old analog tv on top of it like the old the bigger tv that's probably broken
5: you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that look that reminds me of my childhood for sure
4: uh, yeah for sure the, the whole the whole suburb the picture of the suburbs in this is just fantastic I'm sorry, what
0: are you saying? Oh, no, I almost forgot to mention the ring as being a very important influence on It Follows, I think, a uh, mm-hmm. Ringu, um, which really introduced one of the most brilliant concepts. There's the mom. Sorry.
1: She's there a was. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> She's a wino.
0: Elm Street. Ronnie Blakely. Uh... Um, but, uh, yeah, the concept of a virus that you can only get rid of by spreading is just pure genius, mm-hmm. and they use it really well here.
5: So So the woman
3: was swimming on the TV there or was she drowning or what was going on there? Another bit of water?
4: Oh, I forgot to mention the first thing they were watching in the very beginning of the film, they were talking about electrical current in that very first sci-fi thing they watched in in the very beginning of the film.
5: Hmm.
0: Killers from Space? Is that what that was? I think so.
4: So I came across a really cool term that I I didn't know before um, researching this. It's called FERCT. Do you guys know that term? No. So it's a... um, I'll just just read what it is to you. It's a negative anticipation regarding a concrete threat while angst is a non-directional and unmotivated motion. In common language, however, angst is a normal word for fear, while FERCT is an elevated synonym. So it's... um, Whoa. So it's angst, angst, but it has a um, you know, a concrete
1: threat. Yeah, like your totally ferked. You're, totally <laughs> you're so furked <laughs> But I think it
4: helps I think it's an important step in um, you know, in, in confronting it, confronting the fear, you know, having an object to, to confront. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a super important uh, transition from angst to having that specific mm-hmm. thing.
0: So if Greg is a stand in for the character of Glenn in Nightmare and Elm Street, then I think Paul here Especially with that one stripy shirt he's wearing is uh, Will Wheaton from Stand By Me.
5: Mm.
1: He's ducky.
4: Again, great casting and acting. <laughs> uh, he plays his part perfectly through the whole
1: film. He's totally ducky. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what ducky did for love.
1: <laughs> Trapped in the friend zone. I think i kind of get why she's reluctant to sleep with him or part of it anyway it's just that she cares so much about him and he's also like a brother to her so he's not really a sex object
2: totally makes sense to me that she doesn't want to have sex with him Mm -hmm. i don't know why that would be (laughs) weird he's her buddy has known him for a really long time and he already has a crush on her right and i think that she doesn't want to be a dick about that Mm because i think she's a nice person like, totally. I not want to fuck the guy who's been my friend since I was like seven. Like, totally. Uh, that part's not that weird to me. Didn't Quentin yeah. get upset about that too? He should. He should have fucked him. It's what that was one yeah. of the parts of that Quentin oh. thing was. That Maybe Quentin would. He's not fucked ugly. Him. Like, what's the problem? Like, he's <laughs> right. not like weird. It's it's not, like, it's like, not no, Quentin, you kill everyone. Like, everybody just fuck him and kill him. I get it, but she's like <laughs> likes him or whatever.
1: Yeah, it has nothing to do with with why she won't fuck him it's not his attractiveness yeah it's it's the relationship
4: the pictures of the water behind her again
0: hmm. ah shit yeah yeah, it's oh, bad.
1: this sucks! Oh,
0: god! <laughs> Definitely, it makes me wonder if, uh, or if it's supposed to imply that whoever gave it to that person, like that, is perhaps. I don't think this is anyone that we know from the movie, right?
5: I don't think. No, I don't yeah, think so.
0: This is- makes me wonder if it was somebody who uh, oh, had it passed on to her by man. being raped.
4: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I was wondering the same thing. If it takes on the form of you know, others that have passed it on.
0: Mm. Eh,
1: Probably. That's probably, that could be in there, right? I mean, Oh, I think so. But also, you know, loved ones, maybe, yeah, close friends. It definitely starts doing
0: that. I I wonder if it like, the longer that it follows you, if it starts learning more about you and who to imitate.
1: Huh. Yeah. What,
4: what, What else would you see that, that it, um, symbolizing? just uh, the frailty of human life or I mean what what do you think that that, that truly symbolized I think you're dead on with like the crone and
0: Oh wait, sorry, the the last it that we just saw?
4: Yeah, the last one that to, to have I mean to, to to take that form.
0: Um raped maiden, I would say. And rape being another experience that can uh, introduce the maiden to the crone prematurely. I don't know. Is that a real band in that poster? It doesn't look like a real band. I I looked
4: it up. Um, It's a a marching band. And there is a Wildcats marching band in Florida
3: and as it happens in high school I was in the Wildcats marching band in Ukiah California (laughs) yes so there you go
4: oh my god but it's so so interesting how how hard they work to keep everything generic there's another picture of water behind him
5: oh wow
1: No, she's not okay. You can tell by the subtle (laughs) background music. (laughs) Very subtle.
0: This kind of pissed me off the first time I saw it. How Um, so? Paul picking up a broom handle to defend the girls with. Um, But later (coughs) on, he has access to a gun and fat lot of good it does him, so...
1: Why does it piss you off that he picks up a broom handle? Because it's
0: nothing. You can't do anything with a broom yeah. handle.
1: Oh yeah, but you know, you can tidy up.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You can sweep it to death. Oh, it's
1: terrifying. Uh, it's horrible. So this horrible. guy. This guy is seven That's foot seven. So oh, Too tall for this house. <laughs> so fucked up. Oh.
2: No, the, this lady—is that her mom getting stoned with this guy? No, who, who is this person? No, that's, <laughs> that's like another teenage be, girl. It's a teenager.
1: It's his date or whatever. So the the maiden, mother, and crone thing—I'm—I'm I'm a little—I'm not sure about that. I'm a little—I I w- want to—I want to probe that a little bit <laughs>
3: can we get a little review on that willie
1: well it's it's kind of gendered and and men are as vulnerable to this thing as women are but then i guess if you're talking the from like Jungian a Jungian perspective yeah that's true and there were the old maid cards yeah no i guess i get it
0: well
1: yeah yeah i'm not saying
0: i'm not saying it's it is what it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it is what it is, but
1: yeah. youth and the inevitability of death. Yeah, yeah.
4: So this reminded me of um, the the Kurosawa film Akiru, which means to live, which was a. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, it as a existential film of a, a bureaucrat, like trying to he gets cancer and he's trying to figure out why he's alive. But I don't know if the filmmaker's referencing that or if this is just the sa- you know, the safe childhood place that she's trying to return to it's probably more of that
3: i just thought it was a really scary place to go and it's the last place i would have gone to hang out Right?
0: seriously now. yeah i mean you have you have 360 degrees i guess you're not cornered i guess that's I the point know. yeah i don't know parks at night alone that's Fuck. scary to me she's deciding yeah. if she wants to run from it i don't know and she, she seems like she's Serenely considering something.
5: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: What were you gonna say?
1: Oh, nothing. Just she's got no shoes on. She's scantily clad. She's in a playground at night. Like uh, in Detroit. In Detroit. uh, (laughs) Nothing bad will happen. Yeah, nothing (laughs) bad could come of that. Um, I had a thought. It went away. Oh, the first scene in the film. The first girl in the film. The place that she goes to. You know. Like mm. something Dan was just saying about her, or was that you, Willie, talking about how she's kind of there, maybe for a minute, deciding whether she's just going to let it. I felt like she had given her. up.
0: Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Well, another way to look at it is that she was brave. Like she
4: didn't want to, if she knew the rules.
0: Uh huh.
4: Like, she yeah. she couldn't she couldn't pass it on. Like, yeah. Mor- morally, couldn't pass it on.
1: Right. I get that. Yeah.
0: there's a couple of those cuts back to the car in that opening scene where she's at the lakeshore that I think are uh, she's seeing it coming after her and not doing anything but because we identify with Che we we don't see the creature yet at the beginning What you eating there, Dan?
4: Oh, I'm scrolling, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um. Yeah, getting back to the to the denial of death and how culture, you know, keeps this keeps the thoughts of uh, death at bay. I think this this environment of just a broken down culture, I think, really, you know, obviously adds to the menace of mm. of what they're dealing with.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Does it make you think of Blue Velvet at all? Either these uh, suburban kids going down to the wrong side of the tracks, down to Eight Mile. A little bit. is it Lincoln Avenue? That's you're not supposed to go past in Blue Velvet.
4: Was it? I I don't remember.
0: I think so. Oh, no, wait. They don't do that really until the end. I'm sorry. That was the pool where they go down to 8 Mile. This is a much nicer neighborhood.
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So somebody posted something cool on IMDB about this house. Um, so this is a four-square. It's called a four-square house, and it was popular in the early 20th century. But the the floor plan is uh, circular. Oh. So every room has, you know, an exit on both ends. It, it kind of loops around on itself.
1: Oh, wow. Kind of a perfect ah, place explains, to try to hide out from yeah. this thing.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Don't be caught somewhere without an exit. I think he yeah. says that, her.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Or more than one exit.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: God. Gotcha. Yeah, every time. All right, so the maiden, mother, crone thing—I had another thought about it. <laughs> right, so like you totally skip over the mother if if you're following that uh, metaphor. Mm-hmm. But it's cool, right? Because well, cause the mother you- is totally skipped over. Yeah, yeah. In this film, literally, like she's not really there. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, if you have sex you could get pregnant and become the mother uh,
5: or you true. could
0: catch a sexually transmitted poltergeist and and <laughs> wish you were merely pregnant <laughs>
5: so
4: what you guys think about this demon on this comic?
0: I don't you think I ever it? noticed him before oh.
4: there's like there's demon characters like penciled in on top of the
0: oh wow
4: the comic strips. But It kind of upset me. the the um the commentary on this Blu-ray. Did you guys listen to that at all? Oh,
0: I hated it. I'm sorry.
4: I it was very disappointing. Yeah. But the guy that was leading the talk kept calling it a demon, and I mm. thought it was very uh, mm. it really bothered me just to give it to give it a name like that to to assume that that's what it was. I thought it was very presumptuous of him.
1: Yeah, they didn't really set the bar very high for us there with their commentary. <laughs> no.
0: We're kind of kicking their ass.
1: (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Here,
5: here, here, here.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you guys said it and not me. (laughs) Did it just walk through a wall if that was it? What was it doing starting off at the middle of the wall there? It's kind of a strange...
4: Oh, interesting. Uh, That's a good point.
0: But yeah, uh, here we go with the other wonderful 360
4: shot. I I love this shot so much.
0: You know, in Blowout, it does it. It has a function to fulfill. It's the scene where John Travolta discovers that all of his tapes have been erased, and it kind mm. of just spins around the studio. I think to kind of mirror his growing sense of disorientation, uh, deliriousness. But here, it is used to just wonderfully feed and withhold information from the viewer. Nice. In a very Hitchcockian way.
4: Yeah. No, it's great. Well, that was another one of uh, the director's favorite films. Was was Rear Window?
0: Uh, That's one of my favorites too. It's really something.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: So that was definitely the it walking across the the grass because of the uh, I was dressed in white too. Yeah, and the music Mm -hmm. came on. Just love the use of the slow zoom all through the all through the film. Oh hell yeah! Really, just re- builds the anxiety. Just
0: like fantastic. Yeah, Mm. Carpenter Carpenter knew what he was doing with the uh, anamorphic Panavision lenses, the uh, kind of stretching that happens with figures that are out of focus in the background, Mm. you know, give Michael this amazingly mythic quality.
4: I'm sorry, are we boring you?
1: (laughs) 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 No, it's just forgetting to breathe.
4: So I was going to ask you guys uh, how you felt about... I I looked up... um, I came across this guy, Noel Noel Carroll. Are you guys familiar with his work?
1: No. That name's familiar.
4: He's a... um, he does a lot of work on aesthetic theory, but he's also a big horror guy, and he's come up with a term called. Um, he has an emotion called art horror, and he believes that good uh, horror films give rise to a thing called art horror, which is a combination of disgust and revulsion, and extreme terror engendered by our encounter with impossible beings that populate horror films. So, he believes that he believes that the you know the emotion is that combination of fear and disgust, and then a, a well-made uh, narrative. You know, just the beauty of the, the, of the artwork itself, you know, kind of transcends um, these basic archetypes and helps us uh, process it. Mm.
3: What's his name again?
4: So his name's Noel Carroll, um, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. He kept getting, I, I looked at like uh, a lot of essays were referencing him. I think he's pretty big just in the aesthetics of horror. I don't know if I completely agree with him. I don't think you would either, Willie. Um, So let's see. He says, the emotion of art horror is not our absolute primary aim in consuming horror film. Rather, art horror is the price we're willing to pay for the revelation of that which is impossible and unknown and that which violates our conceptual schema.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to mull that over a little bit. I'll get back to you with a fully formed opinion on the next commentary. Cool. Yeah, I tend to think we like the revulsion.
4: Yeah, definitely. Yes, something, some part of this does.
3: I mean, it depends on what, what kind. I mean, you know, slasher film, you're waiting for the kills, right?
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a fascinating and very complex thing. You're 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 anticipating something that, if it's done well, you know you don't want to see.
4: Well, I was yeah, reading this,
0: anticipating with pleasure.
4: I was reading this book um, called Shadow Play by this the uh, <laughs> no, philosophy oh, and psychology of the <laughs> <laughs> modern horror film. By Mr. Willie Greer, and and, and he talks about the alchemical transformation and release of taking everyday horrors and distilling them down to reflections and pulling positive reactions from those same horrors.
0: Eh, whatever.
4: So definitely, I mean, your book, Willie, I mean, definitely, you
5: know.
4: (laughs) Got me thinking, oh, just, you know, definitely approaching this in the Jungian, from from your Jungian uh, standpoint, I think really helped me understand a lot of it, and just the the terminology, you know, overlap, you know, between a lot of the different theories in in horror, just people coming at it in different ways, but really just kind of exposing, you know, that shadow self and the id, or not exposing, trying to understand, you know, that part of us.
0: Yeah, with Freud, there, there really seemed to be much more of a, kind of a Christian, just accept that you're evil and get on with it
4: yeah (laughs) i think i think we've all discredited that not not all but i mean obviously we've moved away
0: i I don't think you know any of us get to the end of life like having fully gotten rid of all of our flaws but you can definitely do some work and make some progress and find some happiness
4: let's hope so
1: (laughs) I don't know, like, slasher films feel very Freudian to me, or tend to. Oh, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm saying that they're like, not. There's these, definitely...
1: These kind of films, like these sort of more ghosty, you know, spooky, ghosty, <laughs> creepy, it <laughs> monster <laughs> movies feel maybe more Jungian to me.
0: Friday the 13th is pretty straight across the board freudian i would say straight up but i don't think that we watch horror movies in a freudian way to just go i have this Uh, evil part of me and i'm just going to indulge him so he'll leave me alone kind of a thing
1: some people probably do
0: nobody in this room yeah that's the truth (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that, but
5: mm-hmm.
0: There's
1: nothing wrong with it, but it's it is inferior to uh, <laughs> <laughs> our <coughs>
0: wave. Well, it's not it's not the end, not to defeat your joke with seriousness, but you know, I mean like I, I, the the critics of the 80s definitely felt that we were wallowing in and indulging in something that was not healthy. And some of them still feel that way. But we've, we've come a little ways since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Wonderful, wonderful scene here. So well set up. I don't think the first two times I saw it that I really even noticed that it had taken on uh, Yara's appearance. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh.
4: Yeah, I didn't notice it. definitely didn't notice it the first time.
1: <laughs> it's crazy, you guys.
4: So, does his shirt symbolize anything you think?
1: You guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a teenage douche.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cuff jeans. Those are just starting to come back in style, yeah. so it is modern day.
1: They are kind of rocking, actually. They make the douchey shirt seem a little less <laughs> douchey and a little more ironic.
0: And there's your uh, there's the real yep. era. Yeah. No yep. less
1: so you got you guys didn't notice that it took on her form the first time you saw it. I don't think I did.
0: I did. I think I missed. The yeah, yeah. I did too. I
1: I, I did when it I'm chases surprised. her later, but not. Yeah. The, when
5: it
4: first grabbed her hair, I, don't, I think I missed oh. it. Oh. Over here. Yeah. Oh. But now it's pretty obvious. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pointedly show her in the water a second before they show her walking up behind her. It's awesome. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. So this really breaks, I feel like, the friendship that she has with her crew here really breaks the... Um, the pattern in a way because suddenly she has witnesses you know this is real Hmm. to these kids some of them anyway maybe not Greg yet but (laughs) you see that
0: did the bullet really just ricochet off that aluminum chair oh
4: See the big guy walk by?
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs>
4: I missed that the first time.
0: I did, too. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Ah. <laughs>
1: oh. Doggy door. Uh-huh.
0: little moments like this one coming up here are Mm. as close as I would come to calling one of the movies flaws. Yeah. Um, It's a Halloween moment. You know, Laurie stays behind when the kids go running out to the McKenzie's house for no other reason than so Michael can sit up behind her. And thank God she did that. Um, But why is she doing this?
1: Yeah, I know. It, (laughs) It really frustrates me, too. She was told... You know, two doors, two doors, and it's obvious why. It's
0: Little such a voyeur kid. Dumb awesome.
1: move. <laughs> it's just stupid. Oh, well, I guess there are two doors.
0: But All why right, never go mind. To- <laughs> yeah. She knew it was, was yeah to go up to
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> the hell is she thinking?
3: She's thinking the director told me to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know, though. I guess there's something about, like, having something like this follow you, you know? Like, we the audience can be really wily about it, but you're going to lose your shit, and you're not going to do rational stuff if, you know, if you're seeing this kind of stuff all the time.
0: And as these kids will discover, there's really no right decision to make when dealing with this thing. You're just pretty much fucked. Yeah. Another element, I think, that's ported over from J horror for sure. Mm. You can just be in the wrong place at the wrong time, or have sex with the wrong person, and you're and fucked.
5: You're fucked.
1: Oh. You gotta study. Oh. oh.
0: I think I, I first started thinking about that because I heard you talking about it, Dan, about uh, a lot of modern J horror being a kind of a response to the Tokyo subway bombings. I think you say.
4: Yeah, yeah. It started in um, in '95 after that, after the subway bombings. Um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's film was it a uh, Cure was he did that right after, and it really kind of marked you know an existential path for him. But yeah, the, the horror was something that you could accidentally. You just, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, which I, I, re- I think really taps into that, you know, the absurdity, the absurd um, theory of in, in existentialism, you know, that the universe is in a sane place and bad things happen to good people. And then that, that movement really came over here after nine eleven. We started seeing a lot more horror that was, it could be called postmodern, but really I think it was a reaction to the times and i'm always super interested in like what's going on in the culture that produces you know, the different movements in horror different types of horror like where, where this came from i mean the, to me this the the quality of this this horror and then the level he's operating on is something i would expect to see out of another country
1: right like, I'm really it gives you hope for <laughs> yeah it, it's, for the it's u.s really and for the kids of today <laughs> it really does
4: Really makes it, yeah, it makes me wonder about the director's experience, you know, what mm-hmm. he's where he's coming from. Well, I guess he kinda came from a war zone, right? If he's coming from Detroit. Exactly. Mm. So how many films is this now that that have been shot there? I you mean know, the other great film from last year, Only Lovers Left Alive, was Detroit, I think really captured captured it in some great ways and then this one and do you guys know of any other horror films or these type of films that have been shot there?
1: Not that I can think of. I don't know of any of
0: of any other horror films that have been shot there. Yeah, I was, I was curious if uh, their whole uh, film production incentive was still going on because I was seeing more horror come out or just i mean more
2: yeah i'm happy she's wearing a nurse's hat Mm -hmm. like to point that out they don't wear those hats like that anymore
1: right oh interesting yeah it's again another really wonderful retro image in this film and sort of blending of the of these different eras in the aesthetic (laughs) yeah i never noticed the nurse's hat before davis I totally did. Yeah, of course you did.
3: <laughs> so, do you think he's doing this because he still isn't buying the whole thing? Or yeah, is he, he doesn't he really did, trying to help.
1: He didn't see the dude fl- fly through the air. Um, he didn't see uh, what's her face? Che's hair get pulled up. He didn't see any of those things he was kind of off doing his own thing during that scene, yeah. when all the other kids had confirmation that there really was a ghost, or uh, it.
4: Yeah, well, one of the things I was yeah. thinking is that he really represents kind of, um, you know, Western thought.
1: Uh, you know, it's uh-huh. very
4: logical and yeah, straightforward, and and he, I, don't, I don't think he does believe him. And I think, to, you know, to the battle this horror, they, her and her friends have to really move beyond logical thinking. Mm-hmm. One of the only jokes in the film, is Church says, "My dog gives me the bone."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I will say this for this guy, though, that um, there is a certain uh, sensitivity to his character. He really wants to help. I think. Yeah, you I just think even he, if he I doesn't do think buy he, it, yeah, he does want to help.
0: Yeah, he do, he, th- he believes she believes it. Yeah, definitely.
4: He's a great character. It would have been re- really easy to make him, and most of these films do make him two-dimensional. These type of characters two-dimensional. Yeah. And I think he does have some, some real compassion for uh huh. which doesn't make him a complete douche. Totally. Her flowers are pink in the back. The color pink just comes up over and over again for her.
3: Mm. I totally believe you. Yeah,
1: man. <laughs> I believe you, baby. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it follows, yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, I was watching this thinking it's, I
0: wouldn't have gotten in the pool at this point I know What's on the TV? Is there a fire on TV oh back my there?
4: God. Yeah, some fire in Detroit Okay. Uh,
1: oh, huh She's in the pool and there's a TV real nearby
5: yeah, that's interesting. Stat.
1: Yeah. Just totally Foreshadowing with disaster. That too, yeah. Well, that more so. You there, Dan? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose
0: Dan? I heard a noise. Uh. Dan? I heard another noise. Those socks are pretty wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah. Those are sexy.
3: Are you with us,
5: Dan?
4: Hey, guys. Hey! Hey, sorry about that. Someone called in and it bumped me off.
5: Uh...
1: You just didn't see any of it, that's all. They all saw it.
4: There's a ball going across the street to oh, his
1: shoot. house. Oh, just oh, saying. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Okay. Sold. <laughs> Sold on the ball.
4: So, is this, um, so is this Greg in the white that walks up?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Man, we're boring her, too.
5: (laughs) (laughs) She
1: just forgot to breathe. Oh my god. So creepy. Yeah, that's totally her cue. Like it's Ugh.
4: Oh. little clockwork orangey.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: An interesting thing: how um, the person who passed it on to you could really be an ally, you know? Yeah. And and yet, um, the guy who passed it on to her just kind of was like, "Okay, here's what it looks like. All right, um, <laughs> strap into this own, wheelchair. Kid. I'm going to tell you all about it, and then I'm going to go. Okay, yeah."
3: She's pretty awesome to actually go over there and Uh try to help. Yeah, Yeah, she is pretty ballsy.
1: (laughs) Totally.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is ballsy. She's not cowardly, which fits in with why she wouldn't fuck her friend, right? To pass on the thing when she doesn't care. But this guy is kind of a douche, right?
1: Well, I think she does nice. I think she does
2: care about him, but he's yeah. She's not
1: as close with him. No, I mean. She says
4: she
0: thought he'd she thought he'd be safe cuz he's kind of a slut.
1: Right. Oh, huh. Oh god. Oh god. 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 But I, I want the... to know you guys edible
4: thoughts. <laughs> a uh, her... Oh <laughs> also yeah.
1: Of course, uh, mother and Crohn. There's, a ball. there's <laughs> a ball. <laughs> oh, oh, The ball goes oh, back to her. Oh.
0: Oh wow. Oh, so far. Dude. Up. Uh, uh, so, uh. Um,
4: in the very, in the very beginning too the girl on the beach with the broken leg had that ooze
1: yeah. all in
4: the sand around her. Oh. If you go back and watch it. Oh, oh.
1: ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. Yeah. It's definitely it's a sex ghost. <laughs> So I wonder, if you fly across the country and then you fly back, does it walk to the other side of the country and then walk back?
0: I think it changes directions based uh, on wherever you are in the moment. That sucks. Yeah. But you could fly across <laughs> the country and fuck somebody and fly right, back. that's true. By yourself maybe a year.
1: Yeah. Or you could fly across the country and stay there for a while. Yeah. What if you fly somewhere you can't walk And then fly back to? when it catches up.
4: That's a good point.
1: Could oh. probably walk on the, it, could, it could
4: walk on the oh, ocean yeah. floor,
1: I think. Yeah, yeah, this thing could totes walk on the ocean floor.
0: Hmm.
4: So I want to mention a really good um, essay, a really good essay that I read when I was researching this. It's uh, this guy named Stuart Hanscom, H N H A N S C O M B S, wrote a uh, essay on existentialism and art horror. It's that's, that's really excellent. Huh. It deals with a lot of um what's going on in this film i feel like Neat.
1: the existential thing keeps popping up again and again um
4: yeah definitely with the ts i mean it really in the film itself pointed me to it with the ts mm-hmm. Eliot and the dostoyevsky mm-hmm. yeah was considered one of the great existential so, writers so
1: aloneness meaninglessness the inevitability of death what are some other existential uh
3: Just having to
0: figure out what the fuck to
2: do with your life. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't really matter what you're going to do because you're
1: going to die anyway. Right. Meaninglessness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This makes me think a little bit of uh, Breaking the Waves, this scene here.
1: I guess it it does kind of. It even drives her to that point where she's. This is sort of a cowardly move on her part. Go find some anonymous guy to fuck. Although we don't know if that's really what happened here, but it, it, points, it, to like it points, points to it. It doesn't seem like
4: it Well, what, one of the clues um, that I was reading is that, that, again, with the ball on the shirt, when she gets back in the car, mm-hmm. she's still, she has the shirt on. Oh. With the ball, the ball's still on her.
5: Oh.
1: No takers. Hmm.
4: <laughs> or maybe just not a strong swimmer.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She's a pretty strong swimmer, isn't she? I mean, Yeah, she's in water pretty much the
0: whole yeah. movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was joking.
0: She might have had second thoughts.
4: Yeah. So that symbolism really oh, is interesting to me. So is that destroyed childhood? Pool. Is that
0: I think so. She's out of the womb. Is that now. your take? She's in the world. Uh uh-huh. So yeah, maybe just if if yeah, pools are are womb, wombs for her. Just that one pool, the backyard stand up pool, because she um obviously does keep entering other bodies of water throughout the movie.
4: There's the Vidi Vidi Vici you mentioned.
0: I do have to say, this is one area—the she should have fucked Paul thing—where Tarantino maybe might have had a point. Um, I think, aside from the fact that, like, you know, the the whole like well, he's not bad looking, why not do it thing, um, <laughs> he said that if she had slept with him, at least the two of them would be able to see it, and they would have more of a fighting chance. Right. Um, and also, and wonderfully, tragically, there's no way they could know this. But if she had slept with him and then they had gone to the pool, uh, the creature would be reset back into walking mode. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And probably would have just walked into the pool, but... Because uh, it's in level-up mode now, it's strategizing and throwing the shit in. But that would also mean that it would be following Paul, and he would have to get into the pool, and that would just be oh, weird. It suck. It has to right. be her in the pool.
2: I just yeah. would have never thought of that. I just think that's weird.
1: <laughs> what
2: she hasn't been sleeping she fucks some guy yeah. she has dump on the road yeah. she's supposed to come up with oh if I fuck you then we'll both right. see the same guy because right. I totally know that's how it's going to be you're yeah. not going to see your own guy and oh, then I'll see my day. guy and you know because she doesn't know that either what if she well, sees she, her own people and she, he sees she his, knows, his own people she does she knows
0: he would she'd still be able to see it um, if right, she passed okay. it on but she doesn't know that it would be reset
2: right yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have fucked this guy <laughs> I'm just telling you no, yeah, like, I totally. wouldn't have fucked this guy totally it's not a, you know. No,
1: it's just, it, it's just not cool. It's not cool. I mean, she, I, it's really like not until it's, I mean, she's, you got to give her props. She is courageous. She's not going to absolutely put this on her friend. And it's like how she gets really desperate at that point where she finally puts it on him. But I mean she's already desperate. It was just seeing her dad in the pool that was the breaking point, I think, for her. Where she was like, Okay. <laughs> hmm. I'll give it to you.
0: Yeah, having said all that, I still don't think this was the most brilliant plan, and I guess that's a part of the point. Well,
1: yeah, they're kids;
0: um, they're stupid. Well, it's also this <laughs> is this is the point where it becomes either um, a subversion or a betrayal, depending on your point of view of the slasher movie ethos. Yeah, you know, the slasher movies. You know, the final girl is you know her. her support and defense system is whittled down one person at a time until the end, and she has to... See, now it's standing, because it's leveled up. But, um...
4: And that's the grandfather on the roof.
5: Yeah! Oh,
1: God! Ew! <laughs> so it's like but <laughs> double horror, because not only is it it, it's looking at your grandpa's dick <laughs> Ooh.
4: and he obviously doesn't do which is even more horrifying yeah right <laughs> it's the 80s
1: man I'm telling you it's not but, really um, your grandpa's dick you're looking at it's just his like massive fucking pubic beard sorry well but yeah just go just, ahead just to
0: finish that thought yeah. um, you know the final girl was also always the one who had the the strength and the resourcefulness and the wits to stand up to the killer at the end and defeat him at least for that movie especially Elm Street you know, it's, it's it's totally absurd in Elm Street because she sets up, like, a house full of booby traps in, like, 15 minutes. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe implied that because these kids, you know, don't have a whole lot of parental guidance in their life, their parents are very absent from their lives, that they're not really equipped to deal with this thing on their own. The slasher film huh. said that, like, you would be on your own, but you can handle it. And that was maybe kind of empowering on some level to Teenage America but there's that kind of J-horror nihilism in here. It's like, yeah, no, you can't handle it.
1: I don't know. I don't know, actually. I mean, part of the way the nature of this thing works is that it doesn't just take out all your friends. Right. It only takes out people that you've slept with. And also... Um, oh, I just mean that... It, I I don't necessarily see her, the collectivism in this film, as being a weakness Mm-hmm. Um like an indication that, you know, oh you can't handle it on your own. It's more like this is the power of friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, not, they're, gonna, the they're not gonna to abandon ensure. her.
4: Mm-hmm. Well oh, that's and also, sorry. also using the tools at your disposal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You know what's in front of you.
0: But doesn't every teenager have a book on how to set up a house full of booby
5: traps?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This definitely is a noble booby-trapped attempt. But also, okay, so you're going to put her in the water and... (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? Like You're trying to get rid of this thing that's chasing her, so you're going to put her in the water and have all these electrical things that you're planning on throwing into the water once she gets out. What could possibly go wrong?
3: (laughs) I think they were banking on, you know, it going slow.
1: Yeah, yeah, and going in after her.
3: Yeah, and they weren't thinking that it was going to be smart. Uh... It totally uh, it, uh, understands the electricity.
4: <laughs> and the the main yeah. point here is too is that they're confronting it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know that they're not it's running it. Show anymore. down they're
4: actually yeah, actually coming to face with the mm-hmm. with their fear.
1: That's true. And when they do, it's so much worse than they <laughs> you know, than they thought it yeah. was. It's even worse. The only way to get rid of this thing is to knowingly pass it on to someone else. I mean, that's fucked up. <laughs> Part of the nature is this of this thing is it gets you to betray people,
2: or you don't get rid of it though other She people. fucks somebody else. This thing's that's still true. coming for her at the pool. Like, that's true. Doesn't that's seem true. to work. Well, no. <laughs> like, if it kills You're that person,
0: then it comes back to you. Right.
2: Kills that person, so it's coming to her now. Yeah but he was still seeing people well I guess she wasn't seeing anything yet because he didn't have sex with her
0: does anyone else think let the right went in with the climax or is that just me
1: All right then. I don't know. Hmm. Well,
0: uh, I have to see
1: it again to know what you mean.
4: I don't know. For for me, in a different way, I mean, I feel like that's right. One is is more, you know, finding your family and and kind of you know finding somebody to walk through life with, which this does as well. But I mean, I really feel like this is of you know finding someone to confront the darkness with.
0: Oh, I think I just mean her being menaced in the pool at the gym.
4: Oh, just the pool scene.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah.
1: Went out of my head. But I know, me tapping
4: too. into the same.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they yeah, need to Yeah, subconscious vulnerability. What's that? Say that again, please.
4: Oh, just maybe tapping into the same subconscious vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, we talked about this, well, you know, water being the subconscious and also the womb, but mm-hmm. also there's something, you know, you're very vulnerable when you're, when you're in it, mm-hmm. when you're wet. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting stuff. You breathe it for the first nine months of your life, and then it kills you if you breathe it. (laughs) Do any of you have dreams of breathing water?
5: Huh. Not uh, that I
3: remember. Maybe. I do. I know exactly what it feels like. (laughs)
1: Like breathing it like you're Aquaman? Yep. Like you're breathing it for real? Ah. Yep.
5: Did did you just watch The Abyss? (laughs)
4: So I have to admit, I did not know this was her dad the first time I saw it.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. I did. Yeah.
4: Definitely changes it. (laughs)
5: Ugh.
1: It's interesting how they don't show him at first in this yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good choice cuz it's way scarier to see the TVs being flung through the air by nothing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I wasn't expecting that.
5: Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm. Oh.
4: So I was um I was thinking a little bit about uh Final Destination. Mm. That film and some of the differences between mm. that, that that thing being death following. But I don't feel it was nearly as effective, you know, having I don't know. I mean having having death here, if that's what this truly signifies, take a physical form. I think it's just so much mm. more effective.
5: Yeah.
0: I, I really do enjoy the Final Destination films as guilty pleasures. And I like the idea of, of death taking on the form of elements, basically.
4: It, it's a cool concept. It's a really cool concept. Wow. But this is
0: definitely scarier.
1: Why the hell would you think that shooting it would do anything? I mean, really?
0: It <laughs> would slow it down long enough. For
1: yeah. Some sort of physical presence, I guess that's right? the idea. Yeah, it does. Oh. Uh,
5: Oh,
4: but this part I guess I don't understand. If he shot it in the head the first time, it didn't do anything. Why, hmm. when he shoots it again, it does right. something,
0: right? If Damon were here, he could tell us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really maybe. bummed he couldn't patch through.
1: I think it just yeah. it just slows him down for a second, maybe.
3: Yeah, or maybe he's not you know completely invincible, so. Yeah. After a few shots you kind of get him a little more
1: Yeah Poor Yara I know So sucks Stupid kids Great
4: great use of frame <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh my god
4: So maybe it's Another, just uh, a big jellyfish
2: <laughs> 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 What do you think of that Davis Like shapeshifters or something I don't think jellyfish would act like this. Mm. <laughs> Not your people.
0: Oh, dear. And here's the other bonehead move, but it sure results in a great image. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's just no way <laughs> you're going to go back and check. Uh,
3: yeah, they'd be leaving.
1: Yeah. Kids are stupid. <laughs> not really I don't really believe that that is so cool it's amazing yeah
3: Kind of hard not to think of The Shining a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, I so yeah, know no. they didn't really probably kill it, right? Have the chair <laughs> popped up.
0: <laughs> so, what were the other movies we were supposed to be looking for references to, Dan? I forgot.
4: Um, well, let's see. Well, I mean, just you know, what his influences were: Rear Window and obviously Carpenter is a huge influence. But um, he said Paris, Texas was a big okay influence uh-huh. on this, which I can see. Of course, Nightmare. But I thought it was funny. One of his favorite films was Creature from the Black Lagoon. I could
1: definitely see. Did he say anything about the virgin suicides, or is that just other people who have commented on the film?
4: I think other people commented. In In one interview, somebody Mm -hmm. brought it up, Mm -hmm. and um, he he said that he does love uh, Mm Sofia Coppola's work. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it a (laughs) Good.
1: He should.
3: So, Willie, the creature resets when now? I mean, did the fact that it was smart in that last scene mean she
0: did fuck one of the guys on the boat and then it killed it? No, she fucked it... She fucked Greg, it killed Greg, and okay. it came back to her smarter and more pissed off. Okay, there we go. If she had slept with Paul, it would be chasing him but just walking.
4: Is that figurine anything there? Or is that just a prop?
0: Looks like a lump of shit.
4: Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a little lion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: interesting interpretations you two
1: <laughs> it's a piece of shit it's a lion <laughs> <laughs> it's a lion's piece of shit
4: <laughs> it's remarkable how unpassionate the sex is in this
1: yeah yeah
4: and how um how ungory the whole film is i mean other than that
1: that the one first kill
4: which we don't even leg. see yeah I mean, if it wasn't for the simulated sex, it'd be a PG-13.
2: Huh. Isn't, isn't that what it's like so was, when, you, when you're trying to have a... When, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. My comment was just going to be stupid, but... um. <laughs> You know, like I hear these stories about people who want to have babies, and then they like have to have sex, and they like have to do it at certain times, and like the sex is kind of like whatever because yeah. it's yeah. like baby sex. Yeah, but they're having like cursed sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so, totally. I mean, like it's that. like let's just do this the and get sure. it over with, yeah. right? Yeah. Is it done yet? Did it work? Do you feel <laughs> different? Do you think you're pregnant, or do you conceive? think somebody evil's following us? Or <laughs> Did
0: so, you get J- it? <laughs> so Jay. Tried to go out to the boat to where the the studs were and on the boat, and apparently changed her mind. Oh, Paul here almost visited the hookers, and, and changed apparently changed his mind. His mind. So they've yeah. both made the courageous choice, and Oops. to me, this this kind of the ending kind of means that they um, have chosen. You know, it, it's they're, they're going to go out, but they're going to go out as a couple.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's as close to not alone as you can be at the end.
1: Or they're not going out, but they're. Looking out for each other and going on.
0: Yeah, I have to take my headphones off. This is just awful.
5: Yeah, um, again, they the chewing.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it is annoying.
5: It's
0: an egg salad sandwich, no less. <laughs> so, so something that came out. Of, something that
4: came out of um, the uh, the denial of death was a thing called uh, terror management theory. You know, again, just it's a whole area in social psychology talking about the things that we do to you know to, to stave off the fear of death wow. so what's really interesting here is to to the right stave. and in front of them are both dead end signs
2: oh shit Oh mm. wow oh. oh okay Oh, they're both so also wearing white, white. So
1: oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that a, oh how about that's that good call Davis
4: to uh, the right dead end and straight ahead to
1: wow hmm. oh shoot <laughs> wow wow I never picked up on that before that is
0: fucked up it's pretty subtle well spotted Dan yeah. so oh I cheated I looked on, I looked on the IMDB whatever yeah. <laughs> I've lost faith in you
4: <laughs> wow I, I tell you guys I love this film
0: yeah it's pretty great it's yeah. beautiful
1: um,
4: I feel like it's re- really tapping into, um, you know, again, a, to to harp on the existential thing, I, for me, I think it's really the mo- one of the most direct dealings with um, our fear of death, mm-hmm. most tangible mm-hmm. uh, films I've seen deal with with our fear of death.
1: Yeah.
0: Michael Geolakis is going to be so pissed off if you get his name wrong, Dan. <laughs> huh?
4: I think I praised his shooting enough to make up for it. Yeah,
0: Michael. you're right, right.
3: It really did a good job for me of just creating a sense of dread at a lot of moments. Yeah.
1: Pretty much throughout the whole thing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, was it
4: dread or was it more (laughs) furked?
3: Definitely furked me. And and the soundtrack is awesome. When I watched it, I I had it cranked up pretty good, and the house was shaken.
2: Nice. It's just yes. so 80s. The music. There yeah. was a, there was yeah. a dark and period about everything and ten
0: years ago where this kind of music mm-hmm. was really not in vogue, but it's back in a big way now, and I'm very happy about that. So good. Yeah.
2: There is some justice in the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so thanks so any for closing everybody. Box? Oh yeah, yeah. Huh? I was going to close it out. There were no
3: known people in this, right? Is this everybody's oh. first thing in this, pretty much? Or
1: that is awesome. I think that really adds to it. Yeah, I guess yeah, the um, absolutely. yeah.
4: Jay was in another film that came out this year called The Guest. I guess is another horror film.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She w- yeah. The guest is good. Yeah.
4: She, but I looks... mean, they really, you know, I mean, they're not. They weren't big stars when they did this, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think it really adds to to its effectiveness.
2: She just looks like Brittany Murphy to me. Yeah, she totally. does. Got the eyes. Totally.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I got nothing here. Yeah. I'm spent.
5: <sighs>
0: Dan, any last thoughts from you? Um, No pressure.
5: Hmm.
3: What do you think about extra Jordan Taylor?
2: There were a lot of Taylors in this one. Look at all those Taylors. Taylors, and then now they are the Teeters. It's like whole families were part of this. It's like Duran Duran.
5: So many Taylor Teeter.
4: Yeah, I I guess I would just be repeating myself. I mean, I really feel like it, it was super effective i was i was surprised that more um more reviewers didn't go out on a limb to to give it a better rating i mean most of the you know out of four stars most of the most of the reviews i was reading were three and a half like everybody was afraid mm. to give it that last half a star
1: that's stupid
4: including Tarantino. <laughs> and i i don't know i feel like
1: it's um
4: it's breaking convention and doing some things that are, are on the edge of culture and is capturing the mm-hmm. you know the zeitgeist of the culture in a way that mm-hmm. will be looked back upon as um, super important. Mm-hmm. So I, I just really again I really feel like this will be you know in the top hundred for a couple, the next couple of decades, and yeah. once once everyone takes a step back, yeah. it takes a step back and realizes how important or how well done it is and how effective
1: it is. It's very humanizing, you know. So there's that. Um, there's no real enemies in it. Except for the um, creature, it's, or the, you know, the it itself. Even the douchebag that gives her it, you can kind of empathize with him a little bit because he's Mm -hmm. just so desperate and stupid. Um, And maybe alone, too, in a way that she isn't. uh, But yeah, the aesthetics are amazing it's uh, it's really scary um, you're on edge pretty much the whole time but there's also something very like nice and smooth about the pacing and it's really pretty too so yeah all the yeah, time and it's so over it's so over <laughs>
5: credits aren't even rolling anymore.